0: You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, M.D., episode number 265. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. I'm your host, master certified life and weight loss coach, Katrina Ubell, M.D., This is the podcast where busy doctors like you come to learn how to lose weight for the last time by harnessing the power of your mind. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hello there, my friend. How are you today? I'm so glad you're here with me today, whether you're new or a returning listener. I'm so glad you're here. This is a really, really fun interview that I've got today that I can't wait to tell you more about. I brought back a guest that I had on the podcast a little over a year ago. Her name is Emily Wong. We know her as M. She was actually in episode 208. I looked it up. So in case you want to go and listen to more of M, if you can't get enough of M and you want more, then that's how you can listen to the other episode that, that I did with her back then. She was one of the weight loss success stories because she did go through the Weight Loss for Doctors Only program and has continued on as well. I'm um, just a great asset to our community. Then she became a life coach, and now she is one of the coaches in our program who we, you know, we just super love, and our clients love her as well. But it was one thing that she has a specific uh, interest in is aging. And I have an interest in that as well, just because I'm aging, and so are you, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> and so I just thought it would be really fun to bring her on to discuss aging because first of all, I haven't really talked about it too much on this podcast, but I also, there was something that happened that, that I actually allude to a little bit in the episode, in the interview, but wanted to give you more of the specifics here. There's actually an article in the New York times that I read. I'm just looking at it now and it looks like it was published back in August of 2021 and it really kind of blew my mind. The title of it is What We Think We Know About Metabolism May Be Wrong. A New Study Challenges Assumptions About Energy Expenditure by People, including the idea that metabolism slows at middle age. It basically talks about an article that was published in the journal Science. And I won't go into all the details if you're interested. You can find that article and the the paper is, is linked right in the second paragraph. So you can find that really easily. But it just made me immediately think of M because she is just... An amazing human being as you're going to find out. And also she's, well, she'll tell you more about herself, but she's trained in integrative medicine. She has kind of an interest and in focus on on aging. And so I thought, oh, you know, wouldn't it be fun rather than me just riffing on this to have her come on and we can talk about it together. So as she definitely knows way more about it than I do, it was just a fun conversation, just discussing, you know, what happens when our bodies age, but also our most importantly, our thoughts and beliefs about all of that And how that is one of the most important things for us to be to be looking at. But what this what this article really brought to light for me is we should always be questioning even conventional wisdom, we should be just rethinking things. (laughs) And just deciding if it serves us like so many of us think that our metabolism slow down when we get older. And then basically this This article tells us that that's not the case. And so with M, we discuss why it's much more likely the reason why that happens and things that we can do about that. But I just think it's so, it's always so interesting when there's something that we think is just the way and then it turns out that it's just not the way or just not actually how it is. And I think it's just another reminder to not take everything at face value and to not believe everything you think. <laughs> okay. Or not believe what everybody else thinks, always either to to really take some time to believe on purpose and to think on purpose, particularly to create results that really work for you. All right. Well, I can't wait for you to listen to my conversation with M. I had to get up early. She stayed up late. She's in Hong Kong. So so I just appreciate her taking the time to have this conversation with me. Please enjoy my conversation with Emily Wong. Hi, Em. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So glad to have you here. So you are kind of our resident expert in aging, all things aging (laughs) (laughs) and, and thoughts about aging. And so there are, this is just a topic that I think is really interesting, probably just as I'm aging myself. And I know it's a concern for so many of our, of our clients. It's something that I, that I think about a lot. And I, just knew that having you be kind of a co-presenter or not even presenter necessarily, but just uh, having conversation with you would make so much sense because you know way more about this stuff than I do. So I'm so excited that you're here so we can talk about all of this stuff. So just remind everybody what your background is because you are sure. a doctor yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I am trained as a general internist and I subspecialize in women's health as well as integrative medicine. Yeah. And so I've been um, working with you now um, on your team for, oh, almost a year. Yeah. And it's been amazing. So um, I live in Hong Kong. I have a practice here. Yeah. So I I do some brain health coaching on my own. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. And so you, it's kind of more like an interest, like aging for you in your practice too, right? It's not necessarily like all you do, but really kind of looking at it through a lens of, of healthy aging, which is probably a big part of an Yeah. I mean,
1: it, it sort of naturally, you know, is kind of comes to the territory because, um, when you're doing brain health coaching and for me specifically working with caregivers and dementia prevention, you know, you're clearly working with an older population from the get-go. Um, those are the people who are going to be interested in the kind of work that I do. So good.
0: So, so one of the things that, that I think is so interesting about aging is like, just like anything else, there's all kinds of beliefs that we have that we pick up along the way that are almost never intentional. Like we, generally speaking, we are not thinking, you know, deciding on purpose. I'm going to think about aging in this way. It just kind of happens. And it can be from anywhere from when you're a small child, maybe people who were older saying things about themselves. Even my own dad has said things like, you know, getting old isn't for sissies, you know, like things like that, like kind of this idea like that it is so hard and I don't want to take away, you know, there are challenges for sure, but also societally, there's such a messaging system that like getting older now, and this is in obviously different cultures are different. I'm kind of talking more of like the more specific North American kind of messaging, because obviously there's parts of the world where, Aging is totally revered and elders are massively respected. And you know, it's it's totally different. But where I am and where you live for a long time, you know, it that really the messaging is like do everything you can to sort of avoid aging, you know, in terms of your appearance, but also just, you know, this kind of idea that like at a certain point, particularly for women, you no longer are like desirable, important valuable. I've read articles of women saying, you know, at a certain point, I just feel like people literally don't even see me. Like they do not even notice that I exist. And so, so of course, when you're living in that kind of societal soup, so to speak, it's going to inform what you believe is possible for you as a person. So where this comes up in terms of weight loss and, and particularly permanent weight loss that we see all the time is women who are, you know, let's say maybe 50 or, or maybe even kind of around the menopausal period, whenever that is, late 40s or 50s and older, having these deeply held beliefs that it's not possible for them to lose weight. And then because we work with doctors, they often have, you know, data (laughs) to to back it. And, and so, you know, one of the things I think is, is so powerful is just questioning what you think is true and deciding again, if you want to keep believing that, or if you want to believe something different, I think this is particularly difficult when pretty much everybody around you agrees with you, right? Like, so your friends or your peers, like people who are in that same age group are are thinking similarly. So it really does take some concerted, I like it more and not even necessarily effort, but a decision to kind of question it and decide to think in a different way. So I would love to just hear your take on all of that.
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when you had me on before, like I talked a little bit about sort of how I'd grown up you know, believing that I was always going to be overweight because um, in my family, right, we have a bunch of people who are overweight. And so I was like, it's just in the genes, right? So it's the same kind of belief. And I think that my personal experience, and I'm sure other people can relate to this, is that I just, I, I sort of felt like I got to this age, like, I don't know, like I had my kids by late 20s, you know, into 30s. And then like, I felt like somewhere around sort of like 35, like I started putting on like, you know, maybe half a pound to a pound every year. And then it sort of like crept up all the way, you know, up kind of, you know, around 40. And I remember thinking like, oh, you know, this can't go on. And so then I got into like this big fitness, like, you know, boom, where I was like, okay, I'm doing triathlons and I'm doing half marathons and stuff like that. And trying to like basically outrun my, you know, my diet yeah. And so I think that, I think that a lot of people kind of have that experience. And when you look around you at your peer group, a lot of times, like I worked in a women's clinic at the University of Washington and I just saw like, you know, the nurses, like the MAs, like the other doctors, like they would almost all like also be sort of putting on a little bit more weight, you know, like each year. And I was just like, this is just inevitable. It's just what happens to people And I have to say that I actually was out of vanity, was kind of like, well, you know, like, do I dye my hair? Do I do Botox? You know, like, what am I going to do to, like, make myself look younger? Right. And what I actually ended up deciding is that the one thing that I could do to make myself, you know, not only look younger, but feel younger is actually just to take care of myself, you know, and lose some weight and, you know, get to eating a little bit more healthy, sleeping more, you know, exercising more and really coming back to those basics. And all of that happened around the same time as I was doing this integrative medicine fellowship at University of Washington, Andrew Weil. And I think that just a lot of the basic principles that he teaches around sort of taking care of ourselves is much more sort of the very basic, like, what do we do for ourselves nothing with fancy supplements, nothing with whatever, you know, it's just basically what can we do for ourselves with our self-care?
0: What What I love about that is it, It like the foundation of that is that our bodies know what to do if we just support them in doing that, right? Like our bodies can be very, very healthy and function at an optimal level. It's like a less is more kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Because I think there is in so many areas, this big push, to do like a gazillion different supplements. And, you know, before we start recording, we're talking about, you know, like, you know, you can drink these like disgusting ketone drinks and like all these different things that like, you know, in theory are supposed to, you know, create some sort of improvement, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> what brings to mind is like, you know, my kids do ski racing, and you can buy those like fancy suits that are like, basically like, you know, skin tight and have like a little padding, you know, so that they're not like in their big bulky snow pants and stuff. And so, you know, we kind of always joke, like, once, you know, we're talking about fractions of a second in terms of what your place is in the race, then it's probably, you know, worth it to invest in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but <laughs> Like up until that point, like your snow pants are not slowing you down (laughs) to justify the cost. It's like, if you are, you know, someone who is like, has already optimized everything and then you're still interested in something else, like, yeah, maybe that is, you know, a great next step for you. But for the majority of people, it's not really going to be making a measurable difference. And, and I mean, it's really kind of, I mean, it's really the same thing as, you know, with weight loss, how it's like, if you could just take a pill and lose weight, would you do it? Right? We're like... Yeah, cuz we we often don't really want to do the work of examining our thoughts or actually doing, you know, meaningful lifestyle changes like getting the sleep that we need and <laughs> like Fine. meditating looking for that
1: fast kind of like fix or the yes. you know
0: hack or whatever. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. What do you think like just you know working with your your patients just like people you interact with in general and working with our clients I'm just curious what you see for women let's say 50 and up? What you find are some of the more common limiting beliefs that they have about, particularly around like, you know, aging, but, but more specifically, even their bodies and what's possible for them.
1: Yeah. I think that a lot of what I see is people want to blame something, right? And so it's kind of like, I've tried everything and, you know, nothing works and it must be because, you know, of menopause it's a hormonal thing, right. Or, um, it must be because I, you know, have reached a certain age and then like, you know, my body, just like my metabolic rate is like, you know, somehow like slowed down. I think that people also tend to believe that, you know, their genes kick in like my, you know, whatever family member is like this. And so this is just the way it's going to be. And so I think that, I think that for me, the sad part about it is that, you know, that kind of belief like sort of ultimately tracks back to it's my body that's broken. Something's wrong with me. And so it's almost like, you know, however much you may have dealt with sort of issues of not loving yourself when you were younger, like you only get to hate yourself more the older you get. And I feel like that is a lot of what I work with in terms of you know, really trying to address this issue. So it's almost know, like you just thing. have
0: you give yourself more reasons to reject yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. which is interesting too, because for those of us who have struggled with that kind of thing, it's not like when we were twenty, we were like, "I look awesome," right? Like we just had different problems. You know, we had like acne that we didn't like, or whatever it was that we thought was wrong, and and then we just swap it out for different ways to self loathe essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do
0: you find that? I mean, I I feel like this is the case. I feel like it's it's such a it's a such a disempowered. I mean, well, anytime we're blaming anybody, right? We're giving we're giving away our power, but like it's such a disempowered. It's just like, well, there's nothing you can do to stop the passage of time and your body getting older, and so there very much can be this just like sort of giving up energy around it. Just like, I mean, I guess I can sort of try, but like, who are we kidding? It's not going to really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to say that, you know, because there are so many societal messages around ageism, you know, like, you know, youth is the best time of your life. And, you know, like your your life goes downhill after whatever, 35 or, you know, some age like that and some arbitrary number. And I do think that we in you know, our brains have a way of using that against ourselves. And I think that, you know, you just have to kind of wake up to. I want to say these, you know, this messaging, this marketing messaging that is just like, you know, why why do we have to like assume that, you know, everything is just downhill and degenerating after a certain age, right? That's, that's really actually not even true because you probably know and I probably know people, I mean, I do know people you know, like they're, they're feeling better now in their sixties than they ever were in their forties. They're taking better care of themselves. They like, they're like at a better, you know, level in terms of energy, in terms of like their weight, you know, everything, because they are, they've changed their, shifted their focus. Right. And they're not as stressed out as before. And they're really sort of making an effort in that direction. So I just think that there's a societal narrative that it's really easy to buy into that you, you know, don't
0: have to. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I and I think the first step is recognizing that there is a societal narrative. You know what I mean? That this isn't just the truth or just the way it is. And so one thing that really brought this up for me was that that article, this was several months ago, maybe in the intro, I'll talk about I'll I'll look it up and give the actual citation so that anybody listening can look it up if they want to. But I saw it in the New York Times. Basically, I think I think the article was published in the Journal Science, I think, and, and basically saying that, you know, we have this like so many people talk about this, like this is just absolute fact that your metabolism slows as you age. And this, this, this study basically showed that between the ages of 20 and 60, it really doesn't. And so essentially like any weight gain that you may be having just isn't because of your metabolism. And I was just like, See now that is just the perfect example. See now that blew my mind. It did, I know it didn't blow your mind as much as it did mine because you already were in a place of questioning that. But like people are so committed to this belief that it's your metabolism is the problem, and that if you're a woman, you you know you're kind of screwed because your metabolism isn't on par or whatever with what men experience, and that like the that hormonal changes like menopause are is like a major cause of it. And of course, there are so many hormonal influences that we don't. Yeah, I, well, I, I personally, of course, <laughs> definitely don't. I'm not an expert in that, but I think there's just a lot that's still not understood. And so, not to just say that like there's nothing that's causing it, but like it's just such a paradigm shift. It's such a reminder to just question whatever the conventional wisdom is. Doesn't mean it is not necessarily true, and you can question that even without data. To support it, you can just decide. You know what? That's just that actually isn't a problem for me. And wh- I think when you get into that different mindset, you're thinking differently. You're getting into you know a place where you're just more focused on creating results, creating what you want in the future, rather than resigning yourself to accepting whatever you know terrible result or, or undesirable result. You know, maybe there.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say that in that particular article, like they put a lot of emphasis on this thing we call the basal metabolic rate, which is kind of like, you know, the amount of energy that your body burns, just your organs, you know, kind of like just to keep it self-functioning. And there are other factors that as we get older, um, and I would say probably the biggest factor that I think of that contributes to weight gain is actually that we lose a little bit of lean muscle mass every year. So about half a pound of lean muscle mass every year after the age of 40. And so what happens there is that that half pound doesn't just disappear from your body. That half pound actually just becomes adipose tissue, right? Which is fatty tissue. And that fatty tissue, not only is three times the volume Uh, for the same amount of weight as lean muscle mass, but it is metabolically less active. So in the study, they actually corrected for lean muscle mass, meaning that, you know, if you had more or less lean muscle mass, like they didn't factor that into the basal metabolic rate because that's not considered basal. And so I think that what I try to encourage people to think about as they're aging is that you are losing that lean muscle mass. And so the only way for you to really prevent that loss is actually to lift weights, right. To actually proactively be doing that resistance exercise and building back that muscle mass so that you're sort of staying toned and you don't have to be a weightlifter or anything, but it is a very important part of, um, sort of, you know, maintaining your, your, your strength as well as your sort of, you know, all the things like agility, flexibility, all of that. Yeah. As well as, you know, Wait. Just
0: curious what your thoughts are about, about that, that half pound of lean muscle mass loss. Do we know that that just happens like regardless for, you know, adults as they age, or is that also like a, a situation of, you know, for many people as they get older, they just aren't as physically active You know, even if it's just like I'm just not running around after small children anymore, or you know, like like even carrying you know small children anymore, and they're heavy, you know what I mean, and that's your strength training right there for a lot of people. You know, is it is it more like situational, or is it like even if? Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know the answer to your question, but because I haven't looked at those um, studies in detail, but my understanding is it actually is a lot hormonal. And when I say hormonal, I'm not talking, I mean, there's some like, you know, loss of testosterone for both men and women as we get older. And that's a you know big builder of lean muscle mass and growth hormone as well. So human growth hormone also declines, but I would say that, you know, there definitely is a component of the activity as well, because the point is that you don't have to, you know, lose that muscle mass, you can right proactively sort of maintain it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I think is why it's so important to find a way of moving your body that you enjoy. Right. Because like, you know, to think like, well, for the rest of my life, <laughs> I have to do this thing that I hate. Right who's who's like sign me up me 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 i can't wait for that you know you have to find some way of moving your body that's enjoyable and it can be like gardening you know and or some you know it doesn't have to be like actually you know lifting weights in a gym you know that's Smells like gross people <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. or something and, and like I that. Also, yeah. And I also think about that too. Like, you know, in the old days when we were thinking about the sort of diet mentality and calories and calories out, right. You would always, you know, go for the cardio exercise because that burned more calories than lifting weights, right. Or doing any kind of resistance exercise, but our metabolism is so much more complicated than that. Right. And there's all these like, you know, hormones and all these other factors going on. And so, really what we're finding is that the lean muscle mass is actually, you know, equally, if not as important as cardiovascular exercise. And so, you know, don't just simplify it to like the calorie count because that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. just a right. tiny bit of the equation. Yeah.
0: Exactly. 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 Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel like that message is, is trying to get through about the strength training. I've sort of noticed it. There's been more of a push just in sort of various areas where I noticed people kind of mentioning it or it's just, you know, coming up more for people, which, you know, I think is, I think is, is great and also can hopefully help to prevent injuries and things like that which is another reason why people become sedentary. And, you know, it's actually another, so much of this idea, like it just ties in, in so many areas, because as you know, and as I've talked about on this podcast before, I've done a lot of personal work on chronic pain and, you know, just this belief, like you're going to, you know, whatever X, Y, Z things wrong with your body. And you're going to experience pain from that forever. And like, when, you know, you can question that <laughs> and decide like, that's not actually and it, you know, pain or even other symptoms. I mean, for me, a big part of it was, um, was ongoing heartburn. And so, so, so just questioning the idea that like, you know, even if you do have that injury from, you know, whatever, when you ran track in high school or something like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, are destined to have this, you know, limit, you know, some sort of, uh, that you won't be able to do things that you really enjoy doing.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I think that the way that we sort of pick up beliefs is just so, so subtle. And I sort of even think of it like, you know, it's kind of like you're, it's not even the programming in your compute in your brain, that's the computer, right? It's not even the software, it's the operating system, right? It's kind of like, you don't even realize it's there. But when I think about sort of like aging and weight gain and all of that, like, you know, I get so much of that messaging from my my mom and my aunties and like, you know, all these women that I've grown up with, right. And a lot of like, sort of their idea of what it means to age. Right. And, and I think that, you know, we have an opportunity in our generation here to really redefine what that means, what, what it's going to look like. And I think, I think a big part of that is deciding
0: to become a part of the solution in the sense that you know you do your own work to clean up your own thinking and you know decide to believe different things for yourself and then you share that with other people as well you know like like you don't get sort of allow yourself to get caught up in those conversations about like Poor us, and isn't it so awful? <laughs> and, you know, not you necessarily be like this big evangelist, like trying to you know change everybody else's beliefs, but sort of being an example to other people that you don't have to view it in this way that most people, you know, look at it. Because I just think too, like in my mind, I'm like, look, it's hard enough to lose weight. We don't need to also then believe that this thing that we have no control over, i.e., how old we are, you know. Is is like sort of like that ball tied to our ankle, you know, that's like making it that much slower and harder. It's like what we could just decide that's really not an issue and drop it and and just and just move forward. But I think it's like we have to change the the whole narrative around it. One of my very good friends is 10 years older than me, and she's a great example for me. Like she just does not like literally ever ever say anything like age, you know, like negative about age. And I think it's, it's, you know, if possible, it's great to have someone like that in your life. And if not, like you can become that person for yourself and for others. And then of course, like so many things, you know, all of our belief systems that we're passing down to younger generations, you know, we can have that influence in that way. I kind of think of it too, as like, there's, there's so much support for, you know, young people as they go through puberty and i actually just read an article recently about like why is there not more information for women about perimenopause and and menopause and i've been you know so flabbergasted at the of of support and explanation and you know even when i've asked you know like what about this oh it's just peri just perimenopause. it's just almost like this like waste basket di- you know diagnose like i don't know what you've got but whatever it is it's probably because of your hormones so sense like immediately go and like blame the hormones blame the body you know and it's, it's just not a great place uh, i find that i feel disempowered like i'm just stuck like there's nothing that can be done and, and that is not a great place.
1: Well, it's interesting, right? Because I'm trying to remember, it was a podcast you did not long ago where you're talking about cycles and like how, like the whole menstrual cycle is like, sort of like something we don't talk about. Like, you know, it's sort of like somehow like, you know sort of like low grade, like shameful in yeah, some way. Or even like high grade menopause. shame for some people. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I feel like menopause is even worse. Like if it's bad to talk about your period, it's way worse to talk about menopause because all the memes out there, like all the like societal messaging is like, menopause is a bitch. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, your, your wife is going to become a, you know, like whatever, crazy person, you know, when she goes through menopause and like, you're going to have horrible hot flashes and never sleep. And like all these things. And, you know, I've been a women's health specialist for 30 years now, and I can tell you that walking people through the perimenopause and menopause conversation is like equally as important, if not more important than taking a young woman through her first pap smear or a young you know girl through her first, you know, like, this is how a pelvic exam works. This is how we're going to do it. You know, you can t- tell me to stop at any point, you know, like that whole, like making it safe for them is like such an important rite of passage and i think that we as women really go through these you know life stages right like we have a certain point in our life when we're childbearing and then we have a certain point in our life when we're not and it's actually something to celebrate when you go through that phase of life and it's sort of like you know i've done my you know my time in this stage and now it's time to move on and i look forward to the next stage when i'm going to be free of hormonal swings all over the place, you know, and, you know, and have this freedom, you know, from whatever other burdens I was carrying, you know, in this earlier stage. So yeah. 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 I mean,
0: I, yeah, it's not going to be me, but I, I really, I would love to see they're just being more support. And I think it's, it seems to me like that, like the, the um, foundation is being laid for that to happen. Like that apparently there's going to be some books to be published very soon and, and things like that. Not like there haven't been books in the past, but it's, it just has felt like there's sort of like this dearth of information and support. Well, it's been very it.
1: sciency oriented. Mm. So it's almost like how, you know, like in, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, like we would talk about sex like in a certain way that was like very sort of almost clinical right and then like there wasn't so much of the experiential piece of it and now it's getting to be like a little bit more like people are maybe willing to be more vulnerable or or sharing more from a vulnerable place like their personal experience and I feel like that is the kind of you know sort of I guess support that that is really more meaningful Yeah. And and learning to celebrate
0: it, like you said. I mean, it's just even like, like, you know, how many girls are, you know, get their first period and are, you know, told by some older woman, like, I'm sorry, you know, or something like that, rather than (laughs) like, this is like, you have a curse. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is like a celebration of, you know, what your body can do. Like, it's, it really is just, again, like, what is the story you're going to tell yourself about this experience? And when you're, not intentional about it, you just take on the story of those around you. And so it's just self-perpetuating, right? You know, it just continues
1: on and on from from that. So, I'm trained in acupuncture and chinese medicine, and and sort of the the messaging that we get around sort of the menopause time is that that is when your body, you know the yin part of your body, you know, is you know weaker and there's going to be vulnerabilities that show up in your body. And so that is actually a time when you need to be extra nurturing, when you need to actually pay more attention and potentially like try and rebalance, you know, whatever is out of balance in your body. And I think that that's the kind of, I want to say mindfulness and intentionality that I would love to see, you know, more people embrace as they Go through this perimenopause time, because because a lot of times it actually coincides with a lot of other things going on in people's lives, right? So their kids may be growing up, their parents may be aging, they may be, you know, looking at career changes or whatever else is going on in their lives. And I think that to just sort of, you know, keep kind of powering through, you know, is just may or may not serve them, you know, during that time
0: and and i think you know
1: it's like just
0: what you're saying i what came to mind for me is like you know there may be actual like Physical imbalances, you know, but I think there's so, there can be life imbalances too. There can be like priority imbalances. There can be, it, it, you know, I think that as you age, one of the best parts about it for me is like understanding yourself better and understanding like who you truly are better, and then learning how to show up in the world in that way. And that may or may not be well received by those around you. And like, but rebalancing that, like, you know, you're not who you were. 20, 25, 30 years ago, but are you pretending to be still that version of yourself? Like, you know, allowing yourself to grow and then letting things kind of settle out from there. But I think, I think you're, yeah, you're hundred percent right. It's like the, the demands and challenges are different and can be a lot more, you know, depending on um, what you're going through. And, and and I was just thinking like, I mean, literally balancing can be like, you know what? I need to rest. Like, I'm not going to run. From, you know, kid sports game to kid sports game, you know, from Friday at five o'clock until, you know, Sunday evening at eight, like I, there's gotta be so, like, I've got to put myself on the list of what's important and, and get creative and figure that out. Yeah. I And I, I, I just think that that's a, an overall important message of just kind of looking at things as a whole and deciding how to put yourself back on the list, on the to-do list, or not even on the to-do list, like the list of importance. Like, you know, what are the things you value and having yourself be at least on the list, if not (laughs) relatively high or or top. So, okay. So I think that this has been a great conversation. So thank you so much for that. I think it's, um, I think it's just, it brings us back to the idea, like you're the expert of your body you know anybody that you follow or work with or interact with to help with any of these things like is a consultant that you are bringing in and then you get to decide like does this work for me does this make sense cuz you know there's so many different ways of approaching this like you can decide yeah okay i'm going to you know i'm going to really look at this differently and then it can get super overwhelming when you start looking at or even just talking to people, like, you know, asking friends, crowdsourcing, so many different options that can be almost paralyzing to know what to do next. But when you, you know, like, I mean, literally what you can do is maybe move your body. You know what I mean, like maybe do a little strength training, maybe prioritize sleep a little bit more you know, do some things that, that, you know, would move the needle for yourself and make a di- big difference and and kind of build from there and looking at what your thoughts and beliefs are. I think that's one of the, one of the things that's so powerful about coaching is, you know, as coaches ourselves, like we know, cause we have experienced it too, where, where we're like, no, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the coach is just like, that's, that's you're like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Even as a coach, like, you know, we often like we're so in it, we cannot see it. And that's where where coaching can be, can be so helpful. And, you know, we've seen so many women come in. I was actually, we're just looking at this, like how many of our, our clients are 50 and over, and it's almost a quarter. So it's, you know, I think a lot of people think like, oh, this is just for, you know, younger people or whatever and it's it's not it makes a really big difference and i always find it really fun when i'm coaching women who are more you know who are a little older or more toward the end of their career like it's so fun to help them to see so much more possibility for themselves you know like just in terms of career or just what they want to do like it's so easy to just think like well now i'm washed up and you know there's i have so little value like why even dream or think about what
1: we want to do in the future Oh, that just breaks my heart when people, yeah. Yeah. When people say that or even think that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, or I'm, you know, near the end. I'm like,
0: you're 52. What are you doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah.
1: So it's, I mean, taken, it's taken me so much coaching to actually be able to like, you know, Say, I'm 55 years old. I'm postmenopausal. You know, I don't have any shame about that. And I want to say that, like, the last 40 years of my life, like, I feel like, you know, it has been kind of like, oh, what's my age? Oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, let's not talk about that.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, your birthday, yeah. you know, 29 yeah. again and then 39 again. And then, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like accepting it is like, it just is. Yeah. I mean, I guess the first thing would be looking at it from a neutral perspective, right? If you've had this negative viewpoint, like, can we get to a place where it just is, it's not good or bad, it just is. And then deciding if we want to put a positive spin on it, you know, just to share like something that, that I have decided just from a little bit of traveling that I've done in other, in foreign countries is, you know, just, you can tell just by looking at older women that the, the priorities can be different and seeing how beautiful these women are. And, you know, kind of deciding for myself, like, you know, as I always say, I reserve the right to change my mind, but and right now, like, it seems like almost like a cool challenge. Like, I'm going to see if I can do that, you know, like still obviously take amazing care of myself and also allow myself to look my age, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and without shame, like, this is a, it's an amazing thing. Like it, what a gift to be able to live that long So. Rather than like this, you know, this burden where we're just sitting around waiting, you know, for the end, I guess, (laughs) whatever
1: it is. Yeah. And you can tell, you can tell people who have decided that that is, you know, they have totally bought into that narrative. And then you can tell people who haven't and people who haven't, like we like say, oh, wow, those people are so extraordinary, but really you can be one of those people, right?
0: Totally. Right. Yeah. And it really, what it always comes down to is the way you think about it. But that's gonna be the root of everything. So it's like no matter what actions you want to be taking or how you wanna be showing up, it's gotta come from your thoughts, your and your beliefs, which is yeah. It just even recognizing that we can change those, I think makes a really, really big yeah. difference. So, yeah. yeah. just having that awareness. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well,
1: um, thank you so much for coming on and talking, aging with me. Yeah,
0: thanks for having We're me. i just gonna yeah. age super gracefully. <laughs>
1: absolutely i don't think it's just even gracefully like i think that aging is awesome and i absolutely like look forward to i i always tell people you know my grandmother is 102
0: she really so yeah her. yeah
1: so i'm 55 so i'm like you know i have a pretty good chance of living to at least 102 if not 110 so really i'm just halfway there right <laughs> so much more time and you know if you think about it right it's like
0: you could spend like 30, 40 years of that time just sitting around waiting to die, if you weren't thinking about it differently, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like just
0: kind of like
1: sitting around. (laughs) I'm determined to, you know, basically bring my best energy, you know, my best kind of focus, my best attention, my best creativity, like this is my time, right? My kids are grown. I can, you know, do what I, what I really want to do with myself. So yeah, yeah. I love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.
0: It was a great conversation. Thank you. Okay. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Ready to start making progress on your weight loss goals? For lots of free help, go to mdcom and click on free resources.